Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 750750. If you'd like to have a copy of program number 750-750, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including postage and handling. I have a continuation here of uh, the book of Luke. I've got some music and letters. But now let's go to the throne. Let's pray to the Lord. That, Lord, you will anoint me again as um, you always do. I rely on you. When I ask you, you will. I know because uh, this is what you want. You want people to hear from you, not from me or anybody else in this world. So take over the program, Father God. Uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, that souls will be saved in the church, your body be strengthened, rebuke Satan sharply, and open up doors for us. Slam every door shut to him. In the name of Jesus, and everyone says amen. Amen. Okay, well, here I am with the Czech Republic uh, Symphony Orchestra and H.B. Uh, Barnum's Life Choir with one of his arrangements in the Hollywood choir singing, No Man is an Island. You know, in these last days, many people think that they can conduct their lives the way that they want to. But really, no man, I mean no man, no man can stand alone. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. No man is an island. No man can stand alone. He needs faith as his guide to lead him to his throne. Is an island. You may have wealth untold, but without peace of mind, what good is all his gold? A while ago, my world was a stormy sea. I learned to pray, and his hand reached out to me. Can't you see? No man is an island. No man can stand alone. So have faith and you'll find a love that can't grow. These are the very last days. Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again. We need to know that we can't do this alone. We need the word of God. We 
Jesus for our God. Remember that all the days of your life. A while ago, a stormy sea. I learned to pray, and His hand reached out to me. Praise the Lord. There's no need to be alone in this world. You may be in a sick bed. You might be um, in uh, your own home. and Your husband has left you or your wife has left you. Your children are successful. They've gone someplace or maybe they put you in a rest home someplace, but you're not alone. You, if you, when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he's with you. And whatever your needs are, he'll hold out his hand. If you trust in him, he's going to uh, make it to where you're never alone. You're always happy because you're with him. And it's really, really good for us to be with him in this world because if we are, when the spirit leaves our body, we're going to be with him eternally. And, you know, I saw the kingdom of heaven on several occasions when I saw Jesus, that was the best. And when I saw Susie and myself there, the Lord was just encouraging me because uh, her hair went away when she started taking chemotherapy, and he showed me this luscious hair of, head of hair that she had, and also she looked so beautiful. In the vision, it showed that she was wearing, she had lipstick on in the kingdom of heaven, and her features were so gothic and beautiful and also I looked like one of these statues of Beethoven or something. My hair was silver instead of black, and uh, my skin was uh, copper-colored. Beautiful gold or copper. And that silver and gold together is just absolutely magnificent. And when I turned my head, you could see a glint come out of my eye, and I knew that Susie would have hair and I'd have perfect eyesight beyond anything that I've ever had in my entire life. So, you know, you should be thankful, praising the Lord and thanking him. I think people that have uh, got a little mileage on them can appreciate when you see your uh, beauty fade away through age, that you know that you're going to be better looking in the kingdom of heaven than you've, than you've ever been. If nobody ever thought 
or a thought of you as being good looking or you've never thought of yourself as being good looking, be of good courage because wait till you see yourself in heaven. There's no disappointment in heaven. You're going to love the way you look. You're going to love, you'll have perfect eyesight beyond anything that you could ever imagine. And your hair is just decorated the way the Lord wants it. My hair, actually each hair looked like shavings of silver. Just uh, like sparkling. I mean, it wasn't like uh, sparkling like a fi- uh, fireworks or anything like that. But it was just gorgeous, rich, real rich looking. And I was walking around. It showed me walking and it looked like my neck was like the neck of a deer and powerful. And I looked, I had an arrogance on my face that uh, uh, it frightened me because I didn't want to look arrogant. But uh I realize that that's the way it is in heaven. You know that you can't be put out. You know that uh, you deserve to be there. Uh, you know that uh, you're there because you were faithful. You kept the commandments of the Lord. And you know that um, you are a ruler there. The Lord uh, puts rulers here on earth, such as his ministers. And in the kingdom of heaven, he gives provinces to those that ruled exceedingly well here on this earth, and you can see there's just a handful of them in the Bible, and I know that I'm one of them because I saw the way that I was walking. It looked like an animated cart, like a a character in a, um, I don't want to say a cartoon, but it was uh, animated. Uh, Every move was perfect. There's no imperfection in heaven. Every move you make, every time you raise your eyebrow, it's like uh, a concerto that's better than anything you've ever heard or seen in your life. Every move you make, even the way you move your hands and your shoulders and your your chest is just right and your legs, everything is perfectly proportioned. It is indescribable, the beautiful things that the Lord has laid away for those that love him and keep his commandments. You, you just can't imagine. I would that there would be words that I could explain it better than I do. But I've seen it, and um, Jesus is per Everything in heaven is perfect. Beyond uh, anything, Susie saw a knick-knack shelf uh, inside of the, wherever we're living there, and she saw this bowl full of, uh, it looked like fruit, but... The, it was like you put, you know, plastic uh, apples and things like that. These, the apples were actual rubies, huge rubies. And the canary uh, diamonds uh, for like um, bananas and everything is just unusually beautiful and rich. And the lattice work on the outside where the roof is of the house or the mansion It looks like it was done by a jeweler, and there's like diamonds in it and everything. God really rewards those of his servants that have kept his commandments, because so many people read the Bible like uh, very quickly, and they don't really receive anything. But the Lord really values people that value his word, that pay strict attention to it. And uh, people just think they're smart when they read real fast. That isn't the way it is. We have to read and meditate. And when he says something, believe it to the point to where it be is miraculous within your soul. And um, 
But at any rate, let's, uh, uh, where did we leave off in uh, chapter 22 here? Verse 8. Verse 8. I'm at 7, so. Then came the day of uh, bread that is baked without yeast, that's unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. Well, the Passover was killed in the days of uh, Moses. That was lambs, which were symbolic, like symbols or types or figures of uh, the Lamb of God that was to come, which is Jesus. And all of them had to kill the Lamb because it's our sins, actually, that killed Jesus, that murdered him. And therefore, he, knowing that we were sinners, went and died for us anyway and uh, stated that uh, it's our reasonable duty to, if necessary, die for him. Uh, that is, if we want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. If we don't, well then, you know, argue with me. Go ahead and argue with me and act like you're angry all the time and move back and forth because it shows that there's some kind of lust in your rotten, filthy life. And it also shows that... Uh, you don't love God's word. You're uncontrollable. And the Lord, as it says in the word that we just read uh, the other day, is that the Lord is going to show you what uncontrollable is. He's going to send tsunamis upon tsunamis, earthquakes upon earthquakes, uh, a meteorite so large when it crashes into the earth is going to kill uh, one, two billion people at one time. And so keep acting smart alecky and keep arguing with the, the, the people of the Lord that are his dignities and see where you are. You are a rotten, uh, you know, especially females. They have been exalted by the media uh, to be something that they're really not. They're just part of human beings. They came out of a man. And the Bible tells you to be subservient unto your husbands and to stay at home and have children. Well, we don't like that. We like to go out and have sex, and we like to go out and have our own jobs and compete with men and everything. You can do that because you're a free moral agent, but, you know, there's a big price to pay for being disobedient to the Word of God. Uh, have at it, girlies, you know, have at it. Argue with dignities, too. It's amazing how, and it just happens every day. They might keep their mouth shut for one day, but they're right back at it a day after. They just can't stop from doing their own will. And it's the same thing uh, in a different way with men. They just think they're going to show mama how big they are and how much money they've got and all that. Then all of a sudden they suddenly die and they didn't realize they were going to die so soon and their money is being spent by some rip-off artist like this old geezer that had was over 80-some years old or 90-some years old and then that, that woman who died also and her son died. What was her, Nicole? Anna Nicole. Oh, she said she really loved him. Well, she should have loved the Lord, and the man should have loved the Lord, too, and he should have given his substance not to her who squandered it on other men that didn't care anything about her. Of course, I love you, baby, right now. I love you, Tommy. I mean, you got a half a billion dollars. I love you, baby. 
That's the kind of love. But the Lord really loves you, and he uh, spent himself for you. He gave his life for you. He shed his blood for you. And he's the one that really loves you, and you uh, are, according to the covenant, supposed to love him back. Uh, not with a little bit of love, but with all your heart, all of it, every bit of your heart, all every bit of your soul, every bit of your spirit, and every bit of your mind, and all your substance. To give it to some whore? She's known as a whore. She posed nude in Playboy, and all these silly, sick women think that that's some kind of a great contribution to the world that they've posed nude in uh, Playboy magazine or Hustler or some of those other magazines. Ah, uh, you're crazy. That isn't going to do you any good at the judgment bar of God. You're going to... You're going to be groveling on your hands and knees. God doesn't, uh, can't be persuaded by sex. He's the one that made sex. He's the one that made you out of the dirt of the ground. He pulled you out of a man's ribs. You're just part of a man. You're not going to compete with them. You try, but you never can. Well, now there's this woman that run a race and she won in a car. So what is that supposed to mean spiritually? Is that going to get her into heaven that she won the race? Maybe the guys let her because they, you know, who knows? But who cares? I don't. Now then, we're over here. Chapter 7, it came to the day of unleavened bread. Bread baked without yeast. When the Passover must be killed. Verse 8, and Jesus sent Peter and John saying, uh, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. That we may eat the Passover. Why? Because if you don't eat the Passover, the death angel comes over you and kills you, murders you. If you pay no attention to the word of God, what the Passover is, if you don't honor the blood of Jesus, if you don't honor his death, if you don't remember him in communion, if you don't communicate with him, and if you don't die and become um, new creatures, if you don't become mortified, if your cadaver doesn't become mortified and starts hating the world and hating everybody but Christ, because that means you don't let anybody lead you astray. You only allow the Lord to lead you. He is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Not somebody else in the world that leads me astray. Not mama. Not dada. Not some female that's going to rip you off for your money. Not some female that says, oh, baby doll, I love you so much while you're young. But when you get old, I don't want to even look at you. You're disgusting to me. You lose your hair. Your breath starts being bad, you don't brush your teeth enough or something, and all of a sudden the smell from you turns her off or him off, and you're sitting there, a mess. I know so many guys that were married to young, good-looking women, then all of a sudden the women got a little bit old, and they dumped them, and they're walking around, uh, Caucasian men with the Chinese girls, young Chinese girls, and uh, Mexican, Latinas, you know, young, 18 years old, 19. They get to be around 
30 years old and they dumped him. They're going to go for something young. And they know that the young girls don't love them or any like them or anything like that, but uh, they got money and so they'll dump her and get somebody else. My money will buy what I want. But the Bible says that we're supposed to eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood. Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat the word of God. They eat. Now verse 9. And, they, and the, the lamb of God. Uh, the lamb, meat of lamb is so, is the most easily digested meat in the world. And the lamb of God is easily digested too. If you don't hate his word or hate his rules and regulations, but you want to adhere to them because it's your very life. And, and they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? Where should we eat this Passover? Verse 10. And he said unto them, Behold, when you are entered into the city, there shall there be a man to meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Now, women are supposed to be carrying the water, but this one is carrying water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. Verse 11. And you shall say unto the good man of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the uh, guest chamber? Show us where the guest chamber is, where I, uh, Jesus said, shall eat the Passover with my disciples. We, this is the Passover. We all have to celebrate the Passover. Where the death angel went over Egypt and killed all the firstborn, where they didn't see people honoring the Passover, the, the fact that Christ was going to come into the world, God as a man, and die, shed his blood for the sins of the people. Verse 12. And he shall show you a large upper room, Jesus prophesied. And that room will be furnished, fully furnished. And he added, there I want you to make ready the feast. Get everything together. Verse 13. And they went and found just as Jesus had said unto them, and uh, this man with a pitcher, and he led him to the house, and they went in the house, and he showed him the guest chamber where they were to uh, celebrate the Passover and eat the Passover. And they made ready the Passover. He prepared everything. Verse 14, And when the hour was come, Jesus sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Verse 15, And Jesus said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer and am put to death. I desire to eat this Passover with you to show you how important it is. I am the Passover. It's my blood that's going to be shed for you, but I want to eat it with you before I suffer and die. Verse 16, For I say unto you, I will not 
any more. I will no longer eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God, until we all go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Verse 17. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, because you're all enjoined to me with my blood, and you're all enjoined to me your broken pieces of the uh, bread that is baked without leaven, without yeast. And we all, you become my body, all broken pieces. Uh, an unbroken person that has not given everything they have cannot be part of the body of Christ. Verse 18, For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Hmm. Well, the kingdom of God has come. How could Jesus, when he's in heaven now, be drinking of the uh, the fruit of the vine? Because he said he won't do that until the kingdom of God shall come. Well, when he went into the kingdom of heaven, he became the life-giving spirit. And so when the Spirit of God enters into you, the kingdom of God has entered into you. Jesus with the Father by the Spirit, and he in you will drink of the fruit of the vine. But he won't do that until, see, he hadn't been glorified yet. He hadn't become the Holy Spirit yet. He was man, and he had the Holy Spirit in him, but now he is the Holy Spirit, and he's the one that enters in to human beings when they ask him to, and then you become a part of God. You become actually the fullness of God because uh, the fullness of God enters you and you become his fullness. He, you're filled with him. He fills you with himself, so you are the fullness of God. If God fills you with his fullness, are you not the fullness of God? Amen. Amen. Okay, so remember that. So, for I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine, of the grapes, the grapes, until the kingdom of God shall come. So, Jesus tells his disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as it is uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so everything is spiritual there, and so the kingdom of God enters into us, and therefore the kingdom of God is uh, come, and we celebrate it by drinking of the fruit of the vine. Now, we don't drink fermented wine. We drink uh, grape juice. That's the vine. Verse 19, and he took bread, bread that is uh, unleavened bread, baked without yeast, and gave thanks and break it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body. Well, who is this body? We are. We are. Amen? Amen? So he's broken this matzah, this unleavened bread together, broke it into pieces, because he can't live in anything that is not broken. We cannot eat an egg unless you break the shell and uh, pour it into a pan, 
or into a skillet and fry it or scramble it or poach it or whatever you do with it. We can't eat it until you break the shell. So the Lord's uh, saying, this is my body. You people are my body. These different people that are broken, they have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. They're my body, which is uh, broken for you. For me, for us, what do you mean? Which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let your spirit be broken, have a contrite heart. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, my body. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. Here this weasel is sitting there and taking communion and vowing, you know, to be broken and be patiently uh, waiting until they're taken out of the world, until he's taken out of the world. Verse 22, And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined, as it was written of him. But woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. Well, there's so many false prophets today that are teaching that Jesus would be saved because Jesus just doesn't care if he betrayed him or if anyone is betrayed. When in reality, the Lord really does care. He doesn't want you to be betrayed. And the, the Lord was betrayed because... It was written that he would be. And if he hadn't, he wouldn't have died on the cross and shed his blood. And if he wouldn't have shed his blood, well, then you and I couldn't be saved. Uh, Adam would never have been able to be saved. Eve would never have been able to be saved. All of humanity is only saved through the blood of Jesus from the very beginning until now. And they began to inquire among themselves, which of them it was that should be should do this thing to him? Who's going to betray him? Verse 24, And there was also a strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? Can you imagine the Lord saying he's going to be killed? And they're worried about who's going to take his place. You know, uh, when uh, different pastors get old, they keep, you know, I know that it's entered into many people's hearts. Ed Mick was uh, committing adultery. I didn't know it until Susie caught him in the upstairs of our house. And I looked out the window one time and I saw him walking around with his arm around a, one of the girls. She's not a sister. She fell away and brought all kinds of accusations against Sue when she was so sick, too. Yeah, they, he had in his heart for sure, this is going to be my domain. I'm going to have all of Tony and Sue's property. You know something? He's dead. He committed suicide. The Lord showed him what he was, and I guess it just got to him too much and he went and committed suicide so these people strive they think that God they're going to take over the work of God that isn't the way it works you know God appoints people that are going to have the work 
there's all kinds of people in the children of Israel that wanted to take over Moses' place. All of them were striving, you know, we're going to take over his place. But God chose Joshua. Amen? Amen. And the rest of them were uh, holding a cold tater and waiting. They didn't get anything. They all dropped dead on the desert out in the wilderness. My, my, my. What a way these people are. Human beings are really not bright. They're not spiritual, or they wouldn't be thinking of such things. They wanted to find out who was the greatest. And then 25, Jesus didn't care. He knows that he's God, and he's going to heaven. And he's uh, the one that wins everybody to the Lord, if they do. And the ones that don't, he sends them to hell. So he's not worried about anyone taking his place. Neither am I worried about anyone taking my place. I know the Lord told me, you're saved and you're going to heaven. And if they don't, that's their problem, not mine. I'm not worried about taking their place. And, uh, you know, some of them think they're going to take my place. But no, the Lord will appoint whoever he will. Some people think, well, it'll be this person or that person. No, it's not. And uh, Jesus said unto them, the uh, kings of the Gentiles, the kings of the dogs, exercised lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called uh, benefactors, those that give donations to people. These are kings, Gentile kings. But, Jesus said, ye shall not be so. You want to be a king, do you? Hmm. Well, the Lord makes all the real Christians into kings and priests. They don't care about any certain position. I remember when I first got saved, I saw Jesus, uh, and the Lord was showing me heaven and hell. I said, Lord, just let me be a little crumb in the kingdom of heaven, naked, blind, blind and naked. And that just to, to feel this spirit, that's all I care about. I don't care about anything in this world, about being leadership or anything. As a matter of fact, for 17 years, I just like Susie. She kept begging me to preach and teach and all that. I says, no way, Susie. I mean, you're so much better than me. I had no desires, absolutely no desire to preach or teach or anything until just recently, like two or three years ago, whenever it was, the Lord said, you teach them. I says, me, you told me to write literature, Lord. He says, you teach them. Why didn't he tell one of these hotshots in the church to do it? No, he chose me. A person uh, that is uh, legally blind, a person that doesn't care. Moses didn't want to. You know, all the people that don't want to take over are the ones that God makes take over. Cersei never wanted to be, uh, she wanted to be at home, cooking and sewing, taking care of the house, cooking for her husband. But God, those are the kind of people that God uses. The hot shots, the big shots, the know-it-all, the know-nothings, never, ever, 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 ever get chosen by the Lord. He knows those that are humble and are not looking to exalt themselves, even out in the world. I used to promote people and things. And people knew it. They knew I didn't want any part of anything like that. I just, to me, I just wanted to make money. And uh, I promoted Bobby Jameson, Rovon, Sonny and Cher, 
and all kinds of singers. The 20 original, yes, I'm the first one to do that. I never promoted myself, and I never wanted to. The Lord told me, you do it. And he's not going to tell you, or you, or you, or anyone else that you're going to take over this work. This work will be run by people that will submit themselves completely to God, and I believe that I'll still be standing on the earth when he comes back to earth again. So uh, don't you doubt my strength. I've got plenty of strength left in my bones. The government thinks that I'm going to uh, die any minute now because I'm almost 74 years old. But don't think that, Boaz. I'm going to live until I'm either done in, as uh, they did Jesus. And even if they do, I'm going to be in heaven. But you shall not be so. You're not going to be like kings that want to be the rulers. But he that is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger. Oh, my God, I don't see people being that humble in this church. They're all wanting to be, you know, take over. And he that is chief as he that is the servant. If you see people going to their room and paying no attention to anyone or not serving anybody, or if you see people that just don't want to even lift a finger, you could tell them, hey, could you open the door? And they just sit there. Those people are nothings. They're never going to be anything, and they're nothings now, and they're always going to be nothings because they're not servants. They think that they should be served. And they shouldn't really. Verse 27. For whether is greater, he that uh, sitteth at meat, he that's sitting on a couch or reclining on a couch, or he that uh, is serving them. Well, the Lord says that the one that's laying on the couch, that sitteth at meat, uh, that's reclining on the couch and eating, is uh, the greatest, huh? But I am among you as he that serveth. So if you want to be like me, you have to start serving. You have to give them the word of God. You idiots, you've never given the word of God to anything. Everything that we've taught you for 44 years, you've never passed it on to anybody else. And the Lord says, you're my servant. You serve them. You're my servant. You do the bills list, uh, the food list. Uh, they have several thousand dollars on the list every week for food. You make sure they get it. You make sure that they get their clothes. You make sure that if there's something broken, that you get it fixed. You make sure that if there's uh, something missing in the church, if there's uh, rodents that are taking over a house, that you get the exterminators and go over there and fix it. You are the servant! I'm the servant, not you! Don't you get it? Amen. Huh? Yes. Okay? And Jesus says, I'm the servant. I'm not like one of you deadbeats that sits on your rump and gets served. But I'm the one that serves. That's the greatest. Or he that serveth is not he that sitteth at meat the one that gets served but I am he's great but I among you am as he that serveth 
So if you want to be like me, you got to start being a servant. You got to get to the streets. You got to start serving the literature to people out there that the Lord gave me. Yes, yeah, so I start preaching and teaching and learn how to be observant, to report things, satanic things that are going on in the church. You have to receive me as a little child, the Lord says. Verse 28. You are they which have uh, continued with me in my temptations. Well, what does he mean? You mean the Lord is tempted? Well, the devil tempted, tried to tempt him, but he didn't go for it. Have you? Well, you're not like the Lord then. Okay, verse 29. And I appoint unto you a kingdom. Have you got that verse in yes. the Greek? Yes. Read it. I am appointing for you a kingdom, just as my father appointed one for me in order that you may be eating and drinking at my table, in my kingdom, and you shall be on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So, and sit on such, you may be sitting on thrones and judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Because judgment begins first at the house of God. And let me tell you, Israel is uh, God's favorite country. And that's why all the people of the world hate it, because they they think this new democracy, which is nothing more than a, um, it's nothing more than a dictatorship, says that we're all equal. Israel is not number one. We're all number one, even us Gentiles that don't keep the commandments of the Lord. Well, uh, you people are liars, but the Lord is the truth. Amen? Amen? Let every man be called a liar, but to let the Lord be called the truth. Okay, and so verse 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, to have his will with you, that he may uh, sift you. Um... Uh, Sift out all everything that's small in you so that there's nothing left that's great. Sift you as wheat. Read that in Greek. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan, by asking, obtained you and your fellow disciples for himself and from my power to his, in order that he may shake you in a sieve as grain is sifted by an inward agitation trying your faith to the verge of overthrow. So, in other words, there were things that were agitating Peter, just like people that are in churches. Uh, the devil is agitating people in church. Uh, so, uh, so that they get so agitated that they just walk away from the church. So that they won't uh, prepare their self for sorrow. They won't prepare their heart to have patience. The Bible says tribulation is what makes patience in people. Well, these people can't stand tribulations, and therefore they never acquire patience. And there's some people say, I just can't stand this girl or this woman in this church. I can't stand this guy. I have to leave. 
Well, that's uh, Satan sifting you as wheat. So if I can just agitate this person with another person, instead of saying, look, I'm not going to let this person throw my soul. Uh, if you think it's bad in the churches, just think how bad it is out in the world. Nobody cares for you out there in the church. If it's a real church of the Lord, there's people there that care for you. Verse 32. But Jesus says, but I have prayed for thee. I prayed for you, Peter, that thy faith, that your faith will not fail. That your faith fails not. And when thou art converted, because you're not converted now, you're not a Christian now, when you've been converted, strengthen thy brothers. When you get converted, I want you to not weaken the brothers or hate them, but I want you to strengthen them. There's always something sweet in somebody that has sweetness poured into them. If you are a Christian, you're going to keep preaching sweetness and doing the commandments in front of the people in the church and outside the church, and they will be converted. And then when they're converted, they will strengthen the brethren, the brothers and sisters in the church, and strengthen people outside the church. You have to meditate on that one. Mark it down and meditate on that. You can't be angry with your brother and sister and get into heaven. Meditate on verse 32. Verse 33. And Jesus said unto him, uh, and Peter said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Verse 34. But the Lord knew better than that. And he said unto him, I tell you, Peter, you unconverted person, the rooster shall not crow this day. It won't crow until that you have uh, three times denied that you even know me. Verse 35, and he said unto them, When I sent you without purse and script and uh, shoes, lacked you anything? And they said, uh, nothing. Verse 36. That should give you strength. I mean, they didn't have anything. But they had, they didn't lack anything either. Verse 36. Then said uh, he, Jesus, unto them, but now, because you're going to start doubting now, he that has a purse, let him take it. Because anyone that doubts has to live that way. And likewise, his script. Uh, in other words, uh, the bag that you carry your money and take it. Your wallet, your purse. And he that has no sword, you better get out and sell your garment and buy one. Because you're going to need it. For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. The things that concern the Lord have an end. He's only going to go through so much trials and tribulations and then he's going to be 
on the throne forever. All right, now it's time for to read letters. Uh, do you have any? Yes. Where's the first one from? From Nigeria, Africa. Let's hear it real fast. Dear Pastor Tony Lamo, please accept greetings in the marvelous name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you receive the mail that I sent to you two days ago where I stated that we have received the literature and newsletters? Yes, we are so grateful to you and our God. Thank you for the great world Well, you know the way it works over here is the mail comes into the mail room and they go through it and sort it and everything and there's literally hundreds of letters. And eventually it gets to me, but uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to determine. And many people write approximately the same thing that you do. Okay, continue on. Thank God for for great world preachers like you and the way God is using you to save souls all over the world. The Impact Team members is the evangelism team here in Nigeria, Africa, where I serve as the chair. We have been in the streets and marketplaces distributing your literature and newsletters. And guess what? Our church is blessed by doing that. Because those that have received Christ and are saved through your message are turning up to worship with us in our church. Praise the Lord. We are now experiencing tremendous growth in our church through the distribution of your literature. I will mail to you some of the pictures we made during the distribution of your literature. We would also appreciate if you can send us holy Bibles for those new converts. They are really in need of Bibles, and the Impact team members would be so glad to be in uniform while distributing your literature. We want to open an office here for the distribution of Pastor Tony Alamo's gospel materials here in Lagos, Nigeria. But that will be with your permission. May the Lord bless you and your ministry as we look forward to hearing favorably from you soon. Your son and servant, Pastor Benjamin from Nigeria, Africa. Okay, well that letter did it. That uh, ate up all of our time. It's a wonderful letter to hear all those souls that are being saved. But now it's time to pray. And so all of you out in the world that uh, want to begin being the servant of the Lord instead of having people serve you the Lord will make sure that you get served but uh, say this prayer so that you can become like the Lord God Almighty to be the fullness of God to be the fullness of Christ say this prayer my Lord and my God say it my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father, Lord, uh, Holy Spirit. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. Wash all my sins away and drown them in the sea of your forgetfulness and never remember them against me any longer. And I make this contract with you. I make this covenant with the covenant that you have given me in your blood to love you and keep your commandments to the end. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away. All that call upon your name shall be saved. I've called upon you, Father God. I called upon you, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. And praise the, the Lord now. Raise your hands and praise and thank him. And share and tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 750 750 and we'll send it to you free of charge, including the postage and handling. It's absolutely free. Praise God. 
Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Now that you've said that prayer and you've become uh, Christians... I'll be seeing you in the suite by and by. This is World Pastor Tony Lama saying, tune in tomorrow for another perfect message. A message that is from the perfection of the Word of God is able to make you perfect and whole. Uh, this is myself uh, just singing for you with uh, the Life Choir and the uh, Prague Symphony Orchestra in the suite by and by. Lord, I'm going to heaven. How about you? Hope so. Where's the land that is fairer than day? And by faith we can see it apart. For the Father waits over the way. To prepare us the dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on the beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful Our bountiful Father above, we shall offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of His love and the blessings that hallow our days in the Come on, choir! In the sweet, 